This is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore our own humanity. Elizabeth Grion talked to me about voicing second sister in Star Wars The Jedi Fallen Order video game. Besides just using her voice, she also did motion capture for the game. We talk about this and her role in Roadhead in a moment. We have Elizabeth Guillon, who is in a new film called Roadhead, and she's also killed me a few times in Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, uh, <laughs> as, of course, second sister, Trillia Siduri. Great to talk to you uh, about uh, your work and, uh, and and also the video game, which is, uh, boy, is she tough to fight, let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's great to be here to, uh, chatting with you as well. Yeah, Trilla is no joke. She did not come to play. <laughs> no, she did not. First of all, let's talk about Roadhead. Just tell us a little bit about it. Three friends and they're in the Mojave Desert. That sounds like a recipe for disaster. Yes, exactly. Yeah, there's three friends. Actually, to get a little bit more specific, it's two. two of them are best friends, my character and... Uh, Clayton's character, Brian. And then the third is is a character named Alex, played by Damien Joseph Quinn, who is not my friend. He is the new boyfriend of my best friend. So there's already uh-huh. a little bit of like, you know, different dynamics going on, little contention. <laughs> but yeah, this, this trio goes on a road trip out of LA and they're expecting to spend the weekend kind of laying by a beautiful lake and swimming and having a great time. And that just does not happen. Everything takes a turn and <laughs> it's it's hilarious and also thrilling to watch this trio kind of fly by the seat of their pants and figure it all out in, in the moment. Now, did, did you actually shoot in the Mojave for the film? We shot in Barstow, which is about an hour and a half outside oh, yeah. of LA on the way to Vegas in that direction. Yeah. It was truly desert. Uh, it was 105 degrees, uh, beating down sun, you know, it was the real deal. So we all, we earned some, we paid some dues in that experience for sure. <laughs> as far as shooting this, did they do it so that this way you, you know, none of you wouldn't, um, you know, would be able to get your work in and, and stay hydrated and all that good stuff. Yes, it actually takes a lot of diligence on everybody's part to shoot in those conditions. So we had to make sure we were constantly checking on each other and checking on ourselves, like drinking water very regularly, sunscreen. We would shield with umbrellas whenever we weren't shooting, you know, because it's very easy. It it literally was 105 degrees, maybe even hotter at that moment. Mm -hmm. So it's very easy to get heat exhaustion or heat rash or sunburn and then and then what do you do you know we have a production schedule to keep so we had to be really careful about that and take it really seriously oh wow so as far as uh shooting how long was the shoot the shoot oh you know i'd have to double check on my but i can do that because i'm right here on my computer but um i think it was (laughs) like Gosh, I want to say a couple of months. This was like in June. Okay, June 20, wait, May 28th through June 13th. Okay, it was not a couple of months. It was a couple of weeks. (laughs) It was three weeks. It felt like a couple of months. It was like we entered the (laughs) alternate 
reality and we were in this world together creating this world creating these characters and then of course shooting like I said in those extreme conditions and I think shooting a film in general is always it's such a collaborative experience it's such a labor of love you're working with the crew you 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 know it's like a well-oiled machine so yeah it was we dove in for those those three weeks Wow, that's great. Now, did you guys stay out in the desert or go back to a hotel kind of thing? We stayed in hotels, um, but it was the hotel was like maybe an hour from um, where we would shoot. So we would kind of stay in the little town of Barstow and then take shuttles mm-hmm. out to the shooting location every morning at like 6 a.m. and shoot all day. Wow. Did you get a chance to kind of, um, you know, do any rehearsal or prep with the other actors to kind of hone down on your characters and get them right where you want it to be? Um, not much. We did have a rehearsal or two right before we, we went out to the desert. Uh, we had, it was, it was kind of like a meeting more so with the director, who's a dear friend of mine, David Del Rio, and the three lead actors and David. We, we sat down, we chatted about the characters, you know, chatted about what, you know, what his vision was and what does he want. You know, we're actors, so at the end of the day, we're people yeah. pleasers. We just want to make everybody happy. <laughs> so <laughs> we we had a bit of that. And then other than that, it was just like me, Clayton, and Damien just hanging out a lot, chatting, talking, laughing, hanging out, you know, after shooting days, like well into the evening and just building that natural sense of rapport and familiarity yeah. that you would have with friends. So it was mm-hmm. it was fun. We just kind of coalesced. As I understand it, you're going. Are you going to go out with the film to the film festival circuit kind of thing? Yes, I will. Whenever I can, I'd love to. You know, depending on the festival and and just what's going on with my schedule, that'd be. It's a lot of fun, especially if the other actors are there. Do you know if the film is going to go to demand first, or is it going to be in selected theaters, or? How's that, how's that going to work as far as you know? As far as I know, they're in the process of finding its home and negotiating with different dis- distribution deals and things like that. I don't know any more than that, but the producers may, and they just I, I may just not be privy to that information. But sure. um, yeah, we're, we're hoping it finds a great home, perhaps on some online platform like, you know, the big ones. And I, I actually just saw the film for the first time the other day, like last week. It's really funny and it's really good. <laughs> like it's actually oh, scary. It's actually funny. Yeah, the the acting is is touching. The relationships are touching. There are some beautiful moments in it. So I think it has a lot of potential to actually land somewhere, and um, I think people will really enjoy it. That sounds great. I got to ask you about what's it like to now be part of the Star Wars universe. Oh boy, it, it, <laughs> it, it renders me speechless. It's such an honor. It's a franchise that has affected all of our lives, you know, since we were children, certainly myself included. Yeah. It's a franchise that, you know, I'm 100% Dominican. My parents immigrated to this country. I'm a first generation American. And I, I was watching Star Wars in my living room with my parents when I was, you know, seven, you know, it's just that type of franchise. It completely transcends all 
boundaries in terms of, you know, race, religion, culture, politics, where you come from, gender, sexuality. It just doesn't matter. Everybody, everybody right. is invited to the Star Wars party. And I just am so proud to, to be a part of that, you know, I mean, God, I don't even know how to describe it. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, I, I'm, you know, as, as my listeners know, I was, I was born in Cuba and we came over in the early 60s. You know, there's a little revolution going on over there. So we decided to leave sure. and we got out. And, um, you know, we've been part of the American experience now for quite some time. And uh, it's been it's been great. It really has. And I know I know you, your family settled here in Queens, New York, which is not far from where I am right now. So I'm oh. in Manhattan. So, um, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yep. Yep. I know Queens well. <laughs> so, uh, I, had, I had family in Queens for a while. Uh, my godfather lived there for a while before they moved out to Long Island. So we used to go to Queens once in a while. And I was I, we were Met fans growing up. So we go to Shea Stadium and. And now City Field sure. to see the Mets. Wow. So, yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's take a short break. And we are chatting with Elizabeth Guillon about her work in the film Roadhead and, of course, voicing second sister in Star Wars Jedi, Jedi Fallen Order. We'll be right back. Back with more of this fan-centric episode on the SFT Network. Back with Elizabeth Guillon talking about her work. I'll tell you where I am in the game right now because I haven't finished it yet. Okay. Um, I faced her twice already. And the first time I had like no skills. So I was, you know, she was toying with me. And the second time she actually, I was in this temple and she actually um, cacked my communication system and was kind of, you know, trash talking me (laughs) as I'm doing all this Uh uh, running and jumping. So this way, you know where I am. And uh, and that's where you're I'm right so where far. I want you. I've got yeah, you right yeah, where right. I want you. That's exactly <laughs> what she's saying, <laughs> which is cool. How much uh, lead time did you have to kind of know where she was coming from? Obviously, she's on the dark side of the force. But how much did you know about her before you started recording? I knew a lot. I knew a lot. We worked on this project for a year, which was just so fun my goodness it was like the best year um october of 2018 through around well the game came out november of 2019 so and on in january of 2019 we did our first table read and we read we got the whole cast together and we read the entire thing and it was a i mean it's like a thick script you know it's a big game So I got, you know, I, I really got to listen to it in the in the voices that of the actors and um, hear all that backstory. And then they also provided me with a beautiful, uh, like, biography sort of thing, like a character breakdown of uh, the second sister, which just sent chills down my spine. It, it, the writing in this game just blows me away. They, man, they deserve to be so proud of themselves. The writers just. It hit a home run, in my opinion. So, yeah, it was very visceral for me, and and I connected with it right away. Uh, reading that character breakdown and and learning more about her story, and then my job as the actor is to go into myself, into my own kind of internal world and mine for those yeah. experiences that I've had or those moments in my life 
and also using my imagination to emerge with the, with the second sister's experiences and figure out, okay, what, you know, what does that do to a person? Like, how, how does that feel? What's, what's the yeah. feeling in the body, you know, of this? And, and then bring it, really bring it from this conceptual place by, by bringing it through my body, it comes into an actual three-dimensional, physical, very real place, which is like, that's the alchemy of the actor. So yeah, I knew, I knew a lot to answer your question, which is such a gift. Well, it is a great cast. Uh, Cameron Monaghan, who was the Joker, of course. And I actually know uh, Daniel Roebuck. I've interviewed him in the past. Deborah is a great actor. Yeah, yes, Daniel's a great guy. Brilliant. And he's a fanboy, yes. too, so he loves his stuff. And, mm-hmm. and Aku getting uh, Forrest Whitaker, who's awesome. And oh, yeah. not only that, uh, Tony Amendola I knew from his Stargate days. So I, sure. you know, I knew him, and I, was ha- I recognized the voice. And credit the game, they try to make the characters look like the actors a lot. And, um, yeah, yeah. you know, obviously with yours, there's a little, there's a little, uh, work going on to make her look a certain way. But, uh, but for the most part, everybody looks like the, you know, the person playing them. Although with, um, Forrest, he has to look like him because he was in the film. So I'm not sure if you know this, but it was full motion capture. It wasn't just voiceover. Wow. You, oh, you did mocap. Wow. That's amazing. Yes. Yeah. So that was part of the characters looking like the actors. You know, we had the motion sensors on our on our faces and the head mounted cameras and we were we were actually really living those roles every day. So for some of them they look slightly less similar to the actor, like in Daniel Roebuck's case, only slightly less. Yes. <laughs> Just kidding, Danny, I love you. <laughs> but, but yeah it is delightful and as you go through the game i don't know if you've gotten to the part yet where my character removes her helmet yes i, I did see that okay yeah so then she looks she's she's me you know we look the yeah. same yeah they you know it, they they kind of made her dark force look but but yeah right. she's basically good. <laughs> no i appreciate that we don't look the same she looks like me on totally my worst day. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So did you do a lot of the fight scenes or were there some st- stunt people brought in for that? There were absolutely stunt people. We had the best and most brilliant uh, stunt team in the world. As you can imagine, it's Star Wars. So we get the best of the best. They were incredible. My goodness, they, this the kindest, most patient, most skillful and proficient people ever. An absolute delight to be around. The stunt coordinator and the whole team was phenomenal. However, they also did teach us a lot, and we we had actually stunt trainings and fight trainings and lightsaber trainings. So I got oh, wow. to do quite a bit. Yeah, like there are a couple of key moments in the game where it's actually me doing those moves. And I got to do a lot, a lot of really, really fun stuff. So that was one of my favorite parts of the experience. Oh, that's great. That's, that's amazing. Now, did you record all of your dialogue on the mocap stage or did you also go in the studio? Like, especially when she's talking to him on the radio. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, it was a lot of both, all of that, like, like intercom or when I'm in this communication system stuff. 
that was all done at Warner Brothers Studios after we had finished oh, nice. principal photography. Yeah. Now, how did you kind of find the, her voice, her cadence and her tone, uh, at, you know, her way of speaking? Was that with yourself and, and the director's dig with that to kind of uh, find out how she would talk? Yes. You know, the voice came to me very instinctively. I didn't try other things. It wasn't like, oh, well, here are these five different voices and I'm going to pick one or I'm going to present some options. It, it, it just it just came out of me. It, as soon as I read in the very first audition, which I didn't even know what I was auditioning for, you know. Well, of course, yeah. <laughs> um, but the way it was written, man, it's hard to describe sometimes, but as an actor, when you're when you're kind of an available and trained actor and you, your, your instrument is like primed, when you combine that with like really good writing, there, something happens and it just takes, it's like a sponge absorbing water. Just like, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> just, I just responded to the material in a very instinctive way. It was like, boom, she's British. This should be done in a British accent. And everybody else, like the casting director and Tom Keegan, our wonderful, brilliant director, they were like, uh, no, uh, that's not, I mean, that's not, you don't have to do that. You know, like, that's not a thing. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, no, I just really, it, it feels right to me to just do it. And all right, show it, show it to us, you know, like, uh, prove us, prove your point kind of thing. Like, show us what you mean. Show us your vision. Mm-hmm. And then another big part of the voice was, you know, the attitude of the person, the the swagger, the somebody who has nothing to lose anymore, somebody who doesn't care if they're making everybody else feel uncomfortable, which is the yeah. opposite of my experience as a woman and a, as a woman of color in this society. That was really fun for me to explore because that's not my MO in my normal everyday life. I'm like, Oh, is everybody okay? You know, <laughs> that's something I'm working on, but this was such a fun opportunity for me to like go the distance in the opposite direction and see what that's mm-hmm. like to prowl and to take your time. So that all influenced the voice as well. There's more sci-fi talk. So stay tuned. Let's get back to sci-fi talk. I'm Tony Tolato. Can I kind of put you on the spot and maybe just do a, a little bit of her voice for me? <laughs> or for oh, us, I should say. Um, gosh, yeah, that's very on the just, spot. Let me let me say. You can recite even a classic line of dialogue from Star Wars in her voice, if that makes it easy. Oh, well, oh God, there's this one line. I just love it so okay. much. This is very on the spot, so... <laughs> <laughs> sorry, um, sorry about that. No. I, I had to ask. Uh, the it's forks okay. made me do it. Let me just think of it for a second. She goes, Who's your master, Padawan? Someone I killed, perhaps? <laughs> wow. Hey, that's great. That's great. You're hired. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's like Man, 10 24 a.m., and I haven't done the voice in a while. So, very on the spot. But, um, because, yeah, that's the thing, right? Like, it's not just a voice. It's a person. Oh, yeah. It's their body. It's a, she moves differently. She thinks differently, of course. She feels differently. So, you know, it, it's it's very interesting doing voiceover work, actually, because I think a lot of 
people and perhaps even beginners, like beginner voiceover actors or actors who want to get into voiceover, it's easy to think that it's just a voice. So you can just do it and put it on. I, I used to have this teacher in, in school, um, Lucinda Holshue, this brilliant vocal coach. She would point out to us when an actor was, she would call it TIV. She'd say, oh, they're doing TIV, tears in voice. Meaning they're making the vocal cord like sound of what it would sound like if the person was crying, but they're actually not emotional. You know what I mean? Like, oh, those are just tears in yeah. voice. And that always stuck with me because it's like when you're really doing it, it's more than just a voice. It's a fully embodied, real experience. And that's what I, that's what I love about it as an actor. I love doing voiceover because I get to go to these crazy places. And sometimes I have even more freedom than I feel when I'm on camera. Oh, yeah, I would think. I would think. Yeah, you literally have to kind of step into their skin. And, um, and it sounds like you're even thinking like her. And kind of Elizabeth is kind of pushed to the side a little bit. And then, you know, Trilla takes over and, and, uh, and you kind of do that. But I, that's really the only way to approach it so that, yeah. you know, and then you bring your training and your skills to, to flesh her out and make her believable to us. So it's, uh, it's, just, it's, a, it's a talent. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. It's like a possession. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun game. I'm having a blast uh, playing it. Uh, there's a lot of climbing and jumping and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll admit it took me a while to get the hang of that. But after you play a sure. while, you know, you you get the hang of all that. And, uh, you know, the, the things you pick up and uh, – you know, you can improve your lightsaber and things, and it's great. It's they really thought it out, and uh, EA Sports has been doing great games uh, for yep. years. So uh, and Respawn Entertainment, they, yeah, is yeah. so beloved by fans and gamers because they just they nail it, you know. And this game is no exception. It's so thorough, it's so specific, and it's mm -hmm. it's just a delight to play from beginning to end. So did have you have you tried it? I have um just a bit. I'm not a gamer per se. Mm -hmm. Um but I've played uh like up until my fir the first couple of second sister uh appearances and it's super fun. It's super fun. Oh yeah. No, it's <laughs> it's, uh, it's a great game and the um the locations, the mocap, and the character looks are first rate. They they because it's mocap, you it, they they move like real people, and uh, yeah, they do amazing things. But uh, but basically, they uh, you know there is it's as the technology is only going to get better and better. But uh, right now, it's in a good place. Yeah, it's in an amazing place. It's super cool. It's crazy how much yeah. the industry has grown and the technology has changed even over the past five years. Yeah, it's nuts. It's nuts. What's next uh, for you? Well, actually, just last night it was the first appearance of my character on the new series Party of Five on Freeform. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, nice. it's a reboot of the that hit series from the 90s, which I actually grew up watching. 
with a massive show um, that I loved. So it's, again, so full circle and so much fun for me to be a part of this uh, production and this project because it's like, oh, I've been, I was watching that when I was a kid, you know. Um, and this and is I a played- Latino family. Isn't that right? Yes. Yes. So on the original oh, series, awesome. it was five kids whose parents passed away in a car accident. In this right. reboot, it's five kids whose parents are deported back to Mexico. Wow. So it's a Latino family. They're five Latino actors who are phenomenal awesome. and very, very bright stars, rising stars. And the writing is very, very topical, of course. It's, it's addressing yeah. and examining and exploring everything happening right now in the culture and at the border and politically. And it, it's so beautifully written, such a story about relationships and family. It's, it's just really hard not to fall in love with this series, you know, right? When you, watch, oh, wow. you start watching the pilot, you're just like, oh, it's such a tearjerker. You're really rooting for this family. And I play uh, Sully a Dominican activist and social justice warrior fighting on behalf of the immigrants and the illegal immigrants who are, you know, Mm. many of them don't have a a strong grasp of English and they're expected to deal with all these legal proceedings and, and understand the law and all this kind of stuff. So my character is a, is exciting for me because it's, she's a strong, smart, woman of color who's unapologetic and very passionate and compassionate. And so I just, I just appeared last night and I'll be on uh, the next couple of weeks as well. Oh, that's great. That's great to hear that. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't aware what the full story of the series was just that they were Latinos, but I'm so thrilled that, uh, that, that part of the immigration experience is uh, is being told, especially nowadays, to put a face on something that has been pretty much faceless. Although some news organizations have, you know, covered a- and and humanized the story uh, more than just numbers, uh, a number of people that are being sent back to wherever they're from, and this is not a good time to be an immigrant right now. And it's heartbreaking for me because. Obviously, as you can relate, I it's I I only wonder what it would have been like had we come into this country now. So, right. oh man, yeah, I think I it'd think be a different story. Uh, yeah, geez, I can't imagine. I mean, yeah, my parents huh. are immigrants, and my parents are the best people I've ever known in my life. Like, I can't imagine oh, anybody sorry. treating them like they're not lovely and worthy, you know, of of just basic decency and humanity. And I think it's really cool that Freeform is doing this too, because the demographic audience is a little bit younger on that network and to to educate the youth and to put a face on this. And it's, it can be so impactful, you know, because young people are so powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if they're 18, they can vote too. (laughs) So there you go. Uh, exactly. You know, and that's important. It's very easy to to view immigrants or foreigners as just the as one of my favorite meditation teachers, Tara Brock says, the unreal other. Like they're not a person. You know, it's just like oh, yep. And or this, I no, noticing it um, more lately in the current political climate. It's like yeah. um, 
a sense of severity because, well, it's like, well, then you shouldn't have broken the rules. Well, then you should not come over here illegally. Well, then, pa pa pa. Like it's it's a little yeah. bit more of a stern uh, outlook, as if because a person broke a rule or did something out of desperation, then they cease to be human. And that's just not how it works. Like, so this series does a beautiful job of showing like the face and the heart and the humanity of these people. These are, these issues are more complicated than that. You can't just write a person off because of a choice they made 20 years ago or something, you know, at the end of the day, no matter what the politics, you know, no matter what your politics are or no matter what you decide to do, what, whatever we decide to do, it just has to be done with some heart. That's the thing. Absolutely. Like you can still vote how you want to vote and you can, we can disagree, but let's just put the heart back into these conversations. And that's what this show does so beautifully. Oh, that's great to hear that. That's great. Hey, hey Freeform, you guys uh, have earned my respect many times over. And to tackle this, I think is, is very worthy as an immigrant myself. So really proud of you for, for doing that. And, yeah, and, and too. every so week putting them. a face on that. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you and uh, and your work. It it sounds like some uh, ripples in the big pond, so to speak. So uh, good for I you. Sure, I sure hope so. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for the. It's for been the an time. absolute pleasure. So lovely. And uh, I'll keep. Uh, I'll I'll see if I can I can beat you eventually. I hope I can in the game. So we'll see. <laughs> good luck with that. I wouldn't. Yeah, tough. just yet. <laughs> yeah, she's very tough. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Elizabeth. We've been thank chatting so with the much. talented, you're so welcome, and the lovely and talented Elizabeth Guillon. And look for her in Party of Five, uh, also Roadhead. And of course, if you're playing Jedi Fallen or Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, you can play and try to fight against that second sister. She has a new sci fi film in post production called Saturn, where she plays Celine. And of course, as announced, Jedi Survivor, which is the sequel game to Jedi Fallen Order, will be out in 2023. This is Tony Tolado.